0: We are the Riverside chapter of the Messengers of Recovery. We have chapters in Southern California and Arizona. We're a bunch of guys that either rode with the devil or chased him. We're the kind of guys that if you saw us in a crowd, you would think that if he can get sober, then so can I. We decided to throw our chip into the hat and talk about our recovery in the hopes that you can learn from this podcast that you don't have to use or drink even if you want to. We are not A-A-N-A-C-A-S-A, and no one is from the damn D-A. Once a week, we hope to bring you the message of recovery from speakers, panels, interviews, and sometimes just a meeting. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to our webpage, www.riversidechaptermor.com. There you can listen to the podcast, ask questions or comments in our forum section, Browse our support recovery T-shirts, or just find out a little bit more about us. That's www.riversidechaptermor.com.
1: On a
2: podcast, I don't know if you guys have any access to podcasts. When you get out of here, you will. It's, uh, bikers speak on recovery, and it, there's a lot of a lot of episodes from here. There's a lot of other people. Ninety percent of them are bikers. Al-Anon, everything's on there. Give it a listen. If you can't get to a meeting, it's, it's a good way to uh, fill some time. I usually listen to it on my way to and from work. So it just kind of keeps your head in the game and, and uh,
3: keeps you moving forward. So, Daniel. Daniel, I'm an alcoholic. Daniel. I'm also an addict. And I'm what they call a real alcoholic. When I start, I can't stop. I can't talk about having a lot of time right now recently went on a couple month run relapsed and I want you guys to know how easy that is to do um, I'm fortunate enough to be part of this brotherhood and uh, I didn't use the tools I was given and I didn't use my brothers to help me stay sober you know I started traveling on the road a lot with a job staying in hotels stopped calling people stopped going to meetings perfect formula for disaster started keeping secrets, again, from my brothers, who I should call, who I should say, I'm going through a certain thing, I'm feeling a certain way, um, what do I do? And instead, I, I took it upon my own self to say, I'm fine, and I'll be all right. And uh, next thing you know, I found myself picking up. And uh, it, it's something that happened before that, before I picked up. You know, there were, there were things where I wasn't feeling worthy of the great things that were going on in my life. And, uh, and one of my brothers told me that, you know, that's going to take you out if you're not careful. And uh, I didn't share how I was feeling about things. And uh, pretty amazing things were happening. Um, you know, I'm, my, my ex-wife's back in my life as a friend. My sons are back in my life. And uh, basically what happens, you know, with us, if, if you've been at it like I have for a long time. You know, I, I, I like old cowboy movies or, or gangster movies and shit like that where the, the guy's leaning over his friend after he's been shot saying, don't die, don't die. Well, the guy dies in, in you know a minute or two and he's dead? You no, know, it's a bummer, right? Well, what, what we put our families through and our friends and everybody else, imagine them hanging over you for 10 fucking years while you're using, saying, don't die. I don't wanna see you die, I don't wanna see you die. And they finally have to walk away, man. And, and, uh, and that's basically what happened in my life. Um, you know, I did it to myself. And uh, the only thing that, that saved me from this last run was uh, getting arrested again and get, picking up a DUI and uh, basically fucking my life up again, you know. And I have to pay those consequences. But what that did was, was uh, wake me up to the fact that I need to get my ass back into meetings, reach out, tell somebody what I did, and, uh, and tell the truth, and, and uh, get honest. You know? Stop keeping secrets. And it's, uh, it's been pretty good, man. The last couple of months, have been uh, things have been changing. And, and I'm not up here all the time. And that's the biggest thing, is I got up here and I stayed up here. And like they say, that's a bad fucking neighborhood. You know, uh, get in your head and you stay there and you start. Like uh, if you guys get into any AA literature down the line, it says we tend to focus on our problems and not not the good things. You know, Um, and that's what I did. We magnify our problems. We look at things and and our problems get bigger and bigger and bigger and we're not looking at the solution because we're focused on our problem up here. And that's what I was doing. I was staying up here and, and not... Asking for help. And that's my biggest problem is I don't ask for help when I know I need it. I deny it. I'm okay. We're fucking grown men. We don't want to ask for help. And, uh, and that's what I had to do. So uh, grateful to be sitting in front of you tonight with another day sober, clean. Good. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see a full room of people, man. Um, there's some of you that got a real good chance. If you, you get into meetings and you listen to these guys, man, don't listen to me. I'll tell you how to relapse. I can tell you that. Listen to these guys. They'll tell you how to stay clean and sober. Thanks. Quick. Uh, Prospect Mike, uh, Messengers of Recovery, Riverside Chapter.
4: Um, yeah, I heard a lot of good things from you know that share. Um, I was the guy that uh, always thought I could do everything on my own. And I was the guy who was never honest with himself. Ever, I've been an addict over thirty years. Um, my sober date is six twenty twenty, and um, yep, I I would always uh, I would always use until I got myself to the point where I either ran out of funds or or uh, you know got in trouble with uh, my wife. looking at problems at work, I was always run for the quickest, easiest solution, which was methadone clinics, Suboxone clinics, um, short detoxes, um, some outpatient programs, which I would go to and use on the way home because I never took anything serious. I wasn't being honest with anybody. Um, I was really good at uh, manipulating people I was real good at uh, I was real good at getting high. I I, uh, I had it down pretty much to a science, and um, I finally uh, I finally uh, hit the wall, um, and um, I was gonna lose everything that I worked for my whole life. And uh, you know, I got actually it was the one time when I actually went voluntarily. Yeah, I wasn't pushed into it. It was something that I was either going to die or, uh, or go to jail or prison or, you know, whatever the consequences were going to be. They weren't going to be good. So I had uh, gone to a detox. You know, I sought help this time. I got the counseling I needed. I got uh, some clean times, st- started working the program. I learned uh, some of the tools to deal with, you know, with being an addict yeah they, they helped me progress in this program but you know it wasn't an easy thing I, I finally did what I was told to do I, I took uh... I listened to people instead of uh, battling my way out with my mouth on every little thing every time I just shut up for a change and tried to figure out how to correct this disease you know I did my meetings when I got out you know 120 and 90 days I got a sponsor I started working steps I Broke all my relations with all the people that I used to hang around with because none of that was going in a good direction either. You know, I started looking for uh, sober alternatives and trying to figure out how to live um, sober. I didn't know how to do that. You know, I, I, I to this point, I still miss the chaos of all the stupid shit I used to do at times. And, you know, there was holes to fill in my life. My using was... Uh, another part-time job along with my job and and all the bullshit that went around uh hiding everything i did you know keeping the run going for for 30 years was uh because i didn't want to admit defeat or let anybody know what was going on in my life and i actually admit that i was an addict um when i got out of treatment you know all of a sudden it was like uh you know i i get up everywhere i go you know in the meetings and and um you know mike i'm an addict and it seems like I don't have a problem with that anymore because I came to the conclusion that I am an addict and, and this uh, program is gonna have to continue for the rest of my life and this work is gonna have to continue and to use the resources that are there you know a guy in a meeting one time said you know what it's much easier to go to a meeting than it is to go pick up you know worried about getting busted checked uh, overdosing You know it's just so much easier to come to a meeting man you know and and um and i have also like daniel was saying i also have trouble with the reaching out part you know and and um that's why i come to these meetings and i uh had gotten involved with these gentlemen and this uh mc because uh i need holes filled in my life but i i know i have to remain sober um, to continue. And, and my life has turned around. It's, it's gotten uh, better than it's, it's been in, in <coughs> decades, you know. And it, it's all due to this program and um, getting my head out of my ass for a change. And, um, but, you know, you got to do the work. Got to get a sponsor. You know, if you're struggling, make the fucking calls, man. You know, call somebody you know from being here. Call, you know, one of us. Um, the meetings, there's always help there, man. And it's a lot of us have fell off, came back, fell off, came back. And there's nothing in the room that we're, you're going to say that one of us at this table ain't done or heard before. So it's not a thing that you really have to be ashamed of in this room. You know, the anonymity of the room is, is the, one of the foundations of the program. And you know what we say and what we see in here stays in here, man. So, you know, thanks for letting me share. Thanks for letting us uh, come tonight and um, do this panel. And um, you know, well, the chances are are the, the odds are against you guys. You know, they usually say like you know one in ten, two in ten, maybe get through this. You know, and about eight out of ten go back. So. If you want it, you got to put the work in, man, and, and and grab it. You know, like like it's a job. You know, that's all I got.
5: Oh, Jeff Addict. Yeah, I am an alcoholic. I'm also an addict. My sobriety date's February first, two thousand and fourteen. It just took eight years. Um, I'm almost fifty three years old, so I got into this game late. So this is the best eight years that I've had in most of my life. Um, I started drinking as a young kid and using as a young kid. And for me, it was all uh, anger, you know. I was an angry person. Uh, anger born out of fear, which is generally where anger comes from. As I've learned, as I've gotten more and more sober. Uh, you know, I fought the world, I fought society, I fought everything. My parents, the system, <clears throat> the rules, the the whole fucking thing. As far as certain rules were made to be broken, that's why you make them. So I broke them. You know, it's that's how I spent my entire life. And coming into the program is—it's taken me a few years now, but you know, I've learned that my anger is born out of fear, and and uh, the, you know, the fears what drives the anger, and it's an ongoing thing. And I, you know, I had some early trauma, hook. trauma, traumatic events early in my life. And I served in the military, done some combat tours, and I've developed some traumatic events from that, so later on in life, I developed, uh, I don't know, man, it, I went out on a fucking bender one day and decided I was I had had enough, and I threw my phone in the fucking drawer in the kitchen, and uh, I disappeared for about four months, and couldn't get it done, so uh, I overdosed and ended up back in another mental institution, and that's kind of what got me here. I did not live under the bridge. I did as a kid. I chose to punk-walking around L.A. in the 80s. I had a good job, I worked for the railroad when I got out of the military, you know. Um, I made good money for a dummy with no education and uh, I learned to become a, a, I was a doctor, man. I knew exactly how much meth I needed to get through the day. I knew exactly how much of a dose of shit I would need to get some sleep when I wanted to. And uh, it was kind of a thing, drinking and shit on the railroad. When I first started, it was, it was okay. self-medicated for, you know, 20-plus years. I worked on the railroad. I worked there 25 years, I'm retired now. So, you know, it's, it's it was that, and even there, as an adult, anger and, and followed me around, you know, with the fighting, and the, I managed to get a lot smarter and not get arrested as much, and I stayed out of prison, and, but my anger still got me in trouble. Uh, by then, I had the money and the means to get myself out of trouble, so with the anger, that fear-driven anger is what what motivated me just about all of my life. and um, It's still around today, not as much as it was, but, you, you know, being in the program and, and getting a sponsor and working the steps, and I did a lot of extra work uh, with a shrink and shit because my brain's pretty fucked up, more than normal I'm alcoholics. What'd you say?
0: <laughs>
5: uh, see? My brain's a little more fucked up than... than the normal alcohol. You know, we, normal alcoholics <laughs> and drug addicts, we just, we don't, I don't want to say normal, but I mean, this. T- as far as I'm concerned, these are normal. This is normal normality to me, you know. Um, I don't like being around the so called normal people that my wife's a normal. She doesn't drink because she, she, my wife hasn't had a drink. She's 50. She hasn't had a drink since her 21st birthday, and, and that night she, she had one drink and threw up, so. She had a hysterectomy a couple years ago. Doc doctor's like, here, to, you know, take this uh, one of them pills or some shit. She's like, uh, can, I get, can I get a half? I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> Drives me insane, you know, but <clears throat> <clears throat> we, we don't think like normal people. Our brains don't react normally. We go to alcohol, drugs. And, you know, that's what keeps us <clears throat> even healed, and that's what keeps us over the hump so that we don't, for me, that's what it did. That way I didn't attack somebody at work, you know, for no fucking reason. Or, you know, when I got sober, that continued on. That anger, that fear-driven anger for me continued on. And it's part of the reason I was taken off work was I just couldn't fucking deal with people at that point. Um, So, you know, it took some work to to get through that, you know, within the program and with a shrink. And, you know, I've been labeled 100%. Permanently and totally mentally disabled by the federal government. So, you know, but it's all (laughs) fear-driven anger is is what it was for me. And and through the program with the sponsor, and like I said, with doing some other work. You know, I went to rehab, did the 28-day, 30-day thing, whatever it was. Um, Like I said, I had a good job, so I had good insurance. I went from there to sober living for 17 months is what I did. I did 17 months. I did three meetings every day for 17 months. I did a morning open meeting. I did an afternoon, either a book study or a men's tag, and I did a night, either a book study or a men's tag. Seven days a week for 17 months, which is new. what I knew I would need to get a good foundation you know, in recovery and try to rejoin society and uh, try to be a no one, one of them so-called normal motherfuckers, but, you know, today, you know, working the steps and, and um, with a sponsor and, you know, my, and I thought, you know, I had a gnarly story and I found my sponsor on one of these panels when I was in rehab and, you know, this fucking dude was, we were locked up in some some of the same places at the same time when we were kids, but, you know, he's, my sponsor is the same age as me and he's he's done over 30 years in prison and. Caught HIV in prison Hep C in prison Caught uh, uh, you know, He was that guy That was never there He'd be out for six months And back in for six years And out You know In and out And in and out Three strikes twice You know so Sitting down My fourth step with him You know you know, Going through the steps And I And I thought I had Some gnarly shit You know And we went back and forth Sharing on our fourth step And I was like Well shit You know I felt like a fucking kitten in a fucking in the house, you know. He had, I've done some horrible shit and he'd done some horrible shit times ten. And, you know, Daniel said there's nothing there's nothing you haven't done that somebody up here hasn't done. Done it bigger, done it better, done it longer, done it stronger. Nobody up here burned the toast to get into this program. Nobody decided that you know, much like you, I'm sure. Nobody decided that uh a little program on a Friday night would be a great fucking thing in my life, so, you know, let me go to rehab or something, you know. it's you know We've all burned the fucking world down around us and everything in it, you know. I have zero friends from when I was using and drinking. I have zero, other than my mother and my sister is the only family I have left, and I, I have communicate with nobody from you know, prior to 2014. I mean, they have nothing to offer me in my life anymore, you know. I just, like I said, I'm retired now, so I mostly deal with alcoholics and drug addicts that are in the program. Um, Got a few guys that i have been around that can't seem to catch the fucking, can't seem to catch the program and keep jumping in and out, but that that part's on them, but... um, Program's simple. Uh, it's twelve steps. If you can't figure out those twelve steps, that's that's the four steps: give it on and make it and grow. Up. That's that's all it is. Um, if you go to the last chapter, of the on page 164, it tells you exactly what. That's what it is, man. It's working the steps. You know, those steps are, are, are that right there. You know, giving up, own up, make up, and grow up. It's putting your deep dark shit from deep down within you up on the fucking table with another another human being and, and uh, getting it all out laying it all out there and essentially really what that does is it doesn't make it it's not such a deep dark secret anymore it does it is those aren't the things that drive you anymore um, they're not demons anymore once you get them out of you you know things that you've never told another human being in your life or the things you need to get up and get out and if they become livable then you are not they're not driving you, so, you know, it's, it's, for me, it was simple, you know, I crawled. I, I, well, I actually got a ride over there from the mental institution to the, straight to the rehab, and, um, but basically I crawled in there, broken and desperate, man, and that, and that's, I don't use, I don't drink, I don't, I don't use anything stronger than ibuprofen. I just, you know, like I said, I was in a motorcycle accident, and I didn't take any, any narcotics. I've had a few things since I've been sober and I just, I don't take narcotics for any fucking reason. I, if I just, I meditate and I uh, take some fucking Tylenol and suffer through it, you know, pain lets me know I'm alive and so my program is that strong to me that I don't use narcotics for any reason and I don't drink for any reason up until this point and hopefully I'll put my head in a pillow tonight following those guidelines. but. You know, it's simple, man. You get a sponsor, you work the steps, you get out of here, and you move forward in your life and, uh, you know, drop all that bad shit and, and move on to bigger and better things. Come out the other side, it's it's a wonderful, great experience. It's a journey normal people don't get to go on. It's the only one alcoholics and drug addicts get to go on, you're going to find out if you truly work the steps, and truly go through them willingly and honestly and openly you you will find out who you are uh, and, and you'll write it down and it won't you'll you'll be amazed at, at you know what 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 you are capable of i don't know man you gotta do your time in here you're here so get it done and you know get out of here and find a sponsor and get through it work the steps man get into the meetings find something in your life that um is fun to you um it's important to you and implement that in your program and with the people you hang out with in the program program 'cause gotta have fun in this shit. You know, for us it's this. I wrench on bikes, I tinker with bikes, I fix all their bikes, I... you know that's what I do. I mean it's it's what I love and, and it's also a tool that helps keep me sober, you know, along with the fellowship and the and the brotherhood I have from the from the MC. but it's it's a big part of my the biggest part of my program. So you know, man, you're here, get through it, get out of here, onwards and upwards.
2: Thank you. My name is Jason, I'm an alcoholic. You know, usually before I start, I'll say a prayer and just, you know, hopefully hopefully something that I or one of my brothers says, you know, gets through and makes, makes you wanna not go back to your old way of life, you know. I have a sobriety date of March 17, 2019. And by my math, if I continue doing this for the next six days, I'll have three years sober. And if I, if I look back to three years ago, three years ago today, I had just had a, a DUI accident. I was blacked out drunk and rear-ended two cars that were stopped at a stop sign. I woke up in the emergency room. You know, thank God I was the only one hurt. I don't know, cause looking, looking at the pictures from the accident, I don't know how anyone other than me was hurt. You know, I spent I spent the next eight days drinking heavily, just trying to process what I had done, you know. March 17th, I went to a sober living in Norco. I didn't know what was gonna come out of that. I just knew that something had to change. You know, they, they say you, you surrender, and I went and I surrendered. I, I surrendered to the fact I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict. You know, and I, I started working on my life. And, you know, like like Jeff said, I, I spent 17 months in sober living also. You know, I, I came in kind of late. I came in at 44. I spent a long time out there just doing what I wanted to do. You know, I've, I've thrown away three marriages. I've had houses, cars, threw them all away. Eight of 11 years in prison. My sister didn't talk to me for 10 years. My daughter at 19 years old finally start talking to me again both of my parents died when I was still out there doing doing what I wanted to do you know if if I if I could have looked forward to what what the life I'm living today I would have changed something a long time ago you know life still happens people die jobs come and go cars come and go but this life is good it's like you know I have today I have Cadillac problems. Tags on my car are paid. Tags on my bike are paid. I have a job, a roof over my head. I don't know. I don't know what. I had a motorcycle accident when I was 19, and they shocked me back to life. And uh, that's that's actually where my drug usage started. Was right after that accident. I don't know. And it's it's all you know. When I cra- when I got got out of the ICU after that uh, that accident. I had nightmares of the accident, and uh, a buddy of mine put a line of meth down, and he said, he, he goes, here, you won't have nightmares anymore. He didn't warn me that the next, you know, 25, 27 years of my life were going to be a nightmare. You know, I have a relationship with my daughter now. Uh, I have a granddaughter now. I have a good life today. You know, I have a wife that loves me. I have a brotherhood with the messengers that it's not what keeps me sober, but being part of this family is definitely a huge part of my sobriety. You know, I ran into some messengers when I was in sober living, and I just started riding, and it's definitely a good life I live today. You know, I, had a, I got a, a phone call yesterday morning from a, a friend that I used to work with, and I've, her son was a her son was homeless for about three years. Actually, since I got sober, he, he's been homeless. He said he wanted to get sober and and move back home and she, you know, because he was stealing stuff. She said, you can move home, but you gotta live in a tent. And he was living in a tent in the backyard. She went out yesterday, yesterday morning, and he was dead. You know, the shit, the shit that's out in the streets nowadays, you don't know what it is. Like, he, he probably took a pill and it was just too much. You know, 23 years old. You guys have a chance to to get this and, and grasp on and, and change your lives. And, you know, like Mike said, it's it's 2 out of 10, 3 out of 10, whatever it is. You guys can change that. You know, grab grab a hold of this thing, get a sponsor, get out on the streets, go to meetings, reach out to one of us. Our phone numbers are on 24-7. All you got to do is ask. That's all I got. I'm Jason Alcoholic.
6: Eric, alcoholic addict. I started drinking and using at an early age. And uh, I thought it was just the normal thing to do because that's what everybody did. My parents did and my brothers and cousins and the whole neighborhood, you know. Didn't realize that uh, 10, 15 years down the line I was going to be addicted and committing crimes to get the drugs and alcohol that I wanted. We all come from a... uh, Different walk of life, but we're all here together tonight for the same reason, to get help, to find the cure. And uh, I thank God that I'm here tonight with you guys. My main goal in life today is to carry the message that there is a solution. You find yourself a higher power, you find yourself a sponsor, a real sponsor, that will, will walk you through the book. God will get you through it, man. So I tried quitting Many times on my own, man. It just didn't happen. My life spiraled into a whirlwind uh, disaster, man. I ended up becoming an outlaw, a fugitive. I had the FBI and Homeland Security chasing me from different countries. Finally Finally, I was captured, man. You know, drugs and alcohol will lead to death or prison. For me, it was prison. So I spent a decade and a half locked up, and uh, by the grace of God, I was able to parole and get out. And today I'm sober, man. And I'm so happy. But I found a sponsor that would meet with me every week, and he read the book with me. We sat in his truck for an hour in a parking lot every week, started from page one, and we just kept going through it. I worked the steps all the way through. Still working on making amends to you know step nine. There's a couple of people. I- Hold back on, but uh, I'll get through it because God will help me. Yeah, I wouldn't be sober today without these 12 steps and without this program. So I can testify that it does work, man. So I want to read something in uh, the big book to you guys, page 24. I don't know if you're familiar with it. What it says is, uh, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice. In drink, our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness, with sufficient force, the memory of the suffering, and humiliation, of even a week or month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. What does that mean? That means we totally forget. Our mind takes control and tells you, "Oh, it's okay. You can drink. Have it. You're fine." Next thing you know, you take a shot, you take a drink, and you're off on a bender. You, you have no willpower over it. You have to give it to God, man. The great fact is there's a solution. The program is a solution, and it works, man. I'm happy to be here with you guys tonight. And I, and I pray to God for each and every one of you that uh, <clears throat> that you continue through the program, you work the steps. I recently, I'm prospecting with this with this club and uh blessed to have meet these guys and be a part of this this is only my second H&I panel here but uh it feels like home you know what I mean God's gave me a new mission in life (laughs) never in a million years would I think I would be here on a Friday night I'm usually out robbing drug dealers you know taking all their money and all their dope (laughs) that's what my life used to be like but uh Life gets better. It can change. So I pray to God that you guys don't end up where I ended up. And uh, you get it this time. Because you can't do it on your own. It just doesn't happen. Your higher power will definitely get you through there. If you, if you honestly seek... This program takes vigorous honesty. honesty. And I, I said to myself, what does vigorous honesty means? That means like totally, thoroughly honest with yourself, with your friends in the program or your sponsor and honest to God. If you're still lying and cheating a little bit here and there, you're not being honest. It takes honesty. Ask for help, man. God will help you. There's a scripture in the, in the Bible that says, uh, <clears throat> I think it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. When you seek me and search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And it's plans to give you a better life and to give you prosper. He doesn't want to see you using drugs, you know what I mean? He wants a relationship with you. God loves each and every one of you, man. So I encourage you guys all to continue in the program and, you know, seek God. That's the main thing. Thank you for letting me share.
1: Alright, hey guys, I'm Redline and I am an alcoholic and an addict. I got sober on uh, November 14th, 2014. Just a little over seven years ago, I uh, I started this little journey I'm on today. This is not my first attempt at uh, sobriety. Uh, I've made several attempts in the past, but I just wasn't ready, I guess, to, uh, to surrender like I did this time. I don't really like to talk about what I did in the past as far as my using and all, I, I drank a lot and I used a lot of dope and, uh, and I did probably the same things that you guys did to get what I needed back then, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's not what I'm here to talk about tonight. What I'm here to talk about is recovery. For me, recovery is all about change. See, we got to change everything in our lives from what we used to do to get recovery today. What's that saying? that If you don't change anything, nothing will fucking change. Well, it's true. It's true. Um, you got to change from the inside out. you got to change everything about uh, your guts, your inside, your heart. <clears throat> Piki was pointing out, I, I love that sign up there, man. Give up, own up, make up, grow up. In a nutshell, that's what the steps are. If you don't know the steps or if you haven't worked the steps... You are not going to get this program unless you do. And uh, I'm not saying that to be a dick or to be mean. It's just it's the truth, man. The book tells you that. The book tells you you have to do these steps to work a proper program to stay sober. It tells you you need to uh, get honest with yourself and your sponsor. You have to change all that. you got to get all that shit that you're guilty about. or you're, you're feel- All those feelings down inside got to come out into the open every one of them you've got to be honest with yourself like one of these guys said if you're still lying to yourself there's not a lot of hope for you man i know this for a fact also because all those attempts that i had in in recovery prior to this time i was doing the same thing i wasn't honest with myself i wasn't working an honest program i think at one time one of the attempts I made in the past, I, I managed to put a little over a year of sobriety together. But I did that on self-will. I didn't do it because I had a sponsor. I, didn't, I certainly didn't work the fucking steps. I wanted to take the easy way and w- run my own program. And what happened? I went back out. You'll go back out if you don't work a program like the book tells you to do. So That book that's sitting on your desk there, It's uh, it's an owner's manual, it's 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 an instruction manual on how to stay sober. I guarantee you, if you do what's inside that book, you'll put some time together and your life will change. They say it's a simple program. I guess it is, but it's hard to get started on it. It's hard to start working a program. Once you get into it, I don't know, for me, the obsession's gone today. Uh, it's easy to wake up and stay sober. All I have to do is what I did yesterday, and I'll, I'll go to bed sober tonight, you know. If I'm having ill thoughts or if I'm having any any kind of issue where I think I need to go out and have a drink, I'll call one of my guys, you know, or uh, I'll go to a fucking meeting. These meetings are set up so that you have a support group to uh, to help you overcome all those those. If you're feeling like you want to go back out and you don't say nothing, you're going to go back out. If, if you're not working on running an honest program, if you're not working on your sobriety, then you're working on your next relapse. And uh, again, I only know this because I did that same shit. You know, I think the number one thing in recovery that's gotten me the, this far is getting to know a higher power growing up as a kid there was no god in our house i didn't know religion my parents didn't wouldn't church or nothing like that i didn't know who god was i didn't know up until a few years back so that that you know whole higher power thing i had an issue with for many many years i don't know if it was a, a spiritual awakening or what the fuck it was i mean there was no bright shining light or nothing like that but all of a sudden, one day, I, I realized man, there's, there's something up there that's bigger than myself. And uh, I can see that today that it's not just me. Somebody else guiding me through this, this, uh, this little thing we call life. And I'm fortunate that he, uh, he saw fit to keep me alive long enough to get this. My best day of using and drinking is nowhere near as good as the worst day sober, man. I belong to that no matter what club. We all do. This is club we call no matter what clubs, because we don't use or drink no matter fucking what. Because the truth is, life's going to continue and there's going to be issues in life. You're going to, it's not peaches and cream once you quit drinking. Uh, life still happens. People are going to die. Uh, you know, your cat's going to get ran over. Your old lady's going to fuck around. Whatever the case may be, life's still going to happen. But today, it's not a good enough reason to go out and get loaded and drink. See, I found self-worth in this program. I, uh, I care about myself today. Matter of fact, I fucking love myself today. And uh, I, never, I, never, I never did in the past. Once you learn how to care about yourself, you start caring about others. The truth is, if you don't love yourself, if you don't respect yourself, nobody else is going to respect you. Think about that, man. We come down here once a month to, to share our experience, strength, and hope with you guys. But the truth is, I don't want to be here on a Friday night. I'd rather be sitting at home with my pretty wife, maybe getting lucky. I don't know. I'd certainly rather be doing that and sitting here with you fuckers. But if I don't do this, then I'm going to be in here with you fuckers. And uh, I don't want that either. So we come out here not to help you, but to, to help ourselves as well. You know? Probably more so, we're here for ourselves than we are for you. That's what this program is about, it's about giving back. It is what it is guys, like they said, you know, not all of you are going to make it, that's just the cold hard truth, but if you really want to get sober, open that book up, get a, sp- how many of you guys got a sponsor? Go get a fucking sponsor, man. Go get a sponsor. Even if you don't like the fucking guy, go get a sponsor. You don't have to like him. You just got to work the book with him. It's very important. Get a sponsor. Get a support group. Go to meetings. Don't use them drink. No matter fucking what, guys. Wish you the best. Thanks for letting me share.
6: That was it for tonight from the Messengers of Recovery, Riverside. Make sure you tune in next
0: week.